Hello. Hello. Yes, hi. Hi, Duck, how are you? Good, thanks. Very good. Uh, I might have an echo, let me just hear. You oh, fine. sound great on my side. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Awesome. Who okay, am so I speaking to? My name is Catherine, um, and I usually do like the morning show, and I'm very, very excited to do the interview with you today. Fantastic. Pleased <laughs> to meet you, Catherine. Thank you. Pleased to meet you as well. Um, can I just ask you the first question? Where does the name Duck come from? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was in from the 60s, you know, uh, from the... God alone knows, I don't really remember, but I was from when I was very young, I was yeah. from the duck tail, you know, okay, in the 60s, yes. you were like duck tails. Um, yes. It was basically uh, men with long hair was to comb it with bull cream, they were called duck tails. Yes, yeah, at the, at the back, yeah, you've got like a little, a little duck tail <laughs> at the back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think it came from, from something like that, you know, um, it's, uh, yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So I've been stuck with this name for a long time, and I can't get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you've definitely created quite a name for yourself, so it would be difficult to change it now. I suppose maybe you could do like a prince thing and then be the artist formerly <laughs> known as Duck. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear, yeah. So um, I no, see that you, you're quite heavily involved in the, in the barnyard theatre. How did you get involved in all of that, and what was that journey like for you? Yeah, the Bonia Theatre was uh, when it was started, when it was still at Plettenberg Bay. Mm -hmm. And it was run by Louis Moller. And, um, you know, he lived on a farm there. And I used to go there and perform at the Bonia Theatre okay. in the late 90s. And then I ended up buying that business. Mm -hmm. And I uh, bought the business and then started producing shows for the barnyards that opened up in the cities. Yes. In Durban and Johannesburg. And then, yeah, and then I ended up eventually investing into those barnyards and became the producer for all the barnyard shows. So that's been going now for 22 years. Sure. Yeah. And yeah, so it's been a quite a busy life. <laughs> I can imagine. I mean, I'm I'm from Durban. I've been to the the barnyard there at, at the Gateway, or when it, I don't know if it's still yes. there. But yeah, I'm down actually there. sitting in the Durban barnyard right now, and it's in Suncoast Casino. Oh, I mean, yes, I heard that it's moved to Suncoast. Um, what's the what's the new venue looking like? Is it uh, any different? It's, How it's about four years old now. Okay. Already, I've been here for four years. Yeah, no, it's in a very good location, and the casino is completely revamped, and it's a it's a great um, sort of destination for. Durbanites, you know. Yeah, I feel like it's a very sort of um, very cultural center of Durban is, uh, is Suncoast. Yes, and it has been revamped in the last couple of years. Okay, yeah, yeah I haven't I haven't been back to Durban for probably about six years. Since I moved down to Cape Town, I decided I'd like it too much down here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but the barnyard is, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an incredible, um, <clears throat> you know, it's an incredible business, but it's yes. also been... There's never a dull moment, you know, so yeah. it's always um, quite a challenging business to run, to keep a number of productions running at the same time. Yeah, especially now uh, with all the regulations and things that have been going on for the last couple of years. Yes, no, for sure. Yeah, and the, yeah. like, obviously, the, the barnyard has a very sort of special place in a lot of people's hearts. And, and how important do you think that the style of theatre is in, in terms of like influencing society? Because I remember the first time I went to the barnyard, I was like absolutely blown away. And I was so sort of inspired because I'm also a huge fan of, of music and, and the culture of music and everything. Yes. Well, I would say it's because of the... Uh, 
South African historical, you know, our history yes. of uh, being brought up in a cultural boycott. Mm. So the cultural boycott was only lifted at the end of the 80s, about 89, I think Paul Simon toured here for the first time. Mm. Uh, and before that, we had a few acts appearing at Sun City at the Super Bowl in the early 80s. Ah, okay. So, but, but basically, South Africans, we, have, we live in isolation from the world music stage that we don't see the real Paul McCartney or um, Whitney, you know, whatever. Yes, you know, yeah. Uh, you know, we don't see the Rolling Stones or um, we have seen them. Yeah. But we don't see them on a regular basis. Yes, yeah. So, uh, so we've basically, our audiences, when I do the Mick Jagger in the 70s revolution at the Drama Factory, mm. you know, that's the closest they're ever going to see the Rolling Stones. Yes, yeah. So, so Africans, uh, 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 you know, a vast amount of South Africans have been brought up in this isolation from the world. Mm. And, you know, when you see someone doing a Mick Jagger or a, Bob Dylan or a Deep Purple or whatever, you yeah. know, that's the closest you'll ever come to seeing it for real. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of these bands, uh, you know, you cannot see them anymore, even if you lived abroad. Mm. Uh, bands like Led Zeppelin and, um, well, all of, uh, just about our whole repertoire, I think, is uh, are icons that, uh, you know, iconic bands and folk artists that you won't really ever see again. And I suppose, what draws you so much to this era of music? Is it the the nostalgia that we have for something that we'd never really had access to in general, or? No, no, it's just, uh, I, you know, I only uh, sort of do tributes and myself performing shows that of music that I personally have fallen in love with, you mm. know. So, so I fell in love with 60s music from a very young age, and, uh, you know, I've got a very strong connection with 60s and 70s music. Yes. So my repertoire, you know, my listening, I don't listen to any music beyond the 70s. Yes. Uh, in my personal capacity. So I have, I'm a bit of a music purist and I just like to perform music that I really enjoy myself. Mm. So I thought I would do the 70s revolution, uh, the similar to what we did with the 60s revolution yes. and just do a special tribute to certain rock acts that I, that I really love myself, and that would be the Rolling Stones, uh, Led Zeppelin, the Eagles, ZZ Top, or yes, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and then we also, I thought I'll just not make it too rocky and also put in some folk legends. So I'm paying tribute to Neil Young, Don McLean, Paul Simon, yeah. Bob Dylan. So, um, so that's also added in, you know. So... Uh, Rodriguez, also doing Rodriguez. Okay, I know South Africans love Rodriguez. Yes. <laughs> so I've tried to make it a, a show for everyone that it's not just becomes a, a, a rock 70 show, mm. you know, that it's got folk legends as well. And then we have a five, we are five piece band. Uh, so with the 60s revolution, we were a four piece band and now we're five piece. Okay. We've got a keyboard player as well. And oh, nice. um, yeah. uh, so. Yeah, and we just want to give the audience the best possible experience and, you know, most enjoyable 70s folk and rock music experience. Yeah, you know. yeah. And I suppose, like, from a 
as you say, a music purist's point of view. Um, rock and everything was so unique from the 70s. Obviously, you've got a lot of genres that are sort of influencing in the rock music, like classical and opera, and there was a lot of hybrid sort of energy coming into the 70s. Um, and also, the, the music is much longer and the bands are a lot more experimental when they're playing live. Is that part of the charm that you love the 70s music or what draws you in towards that genre specifically? Definitely that, uh, you know, most of the 70s music was recorded live in studios, yeah. you know, um, in a studio environment or where they set up a mobile studio, but it was definitely a band playing live, mm. you know, and they might have done a few overdubs. But I think all this music that we're playing was recorded live, you yeah. know, whereas um, now uh, you are um, uh, experiencing music that is you know, programmed on a computer yeah. and someone sitting alone know, and they're programming using it. a loop and whatever. And, yeah. you know, you've got all these, uh, you know, um, programs that you can record, you know, it's sort of taking know, the I personality out of it or the personalism. Do you think that kind of, yes, I think technology has basically taken over music mm. has got, you know, whereas I think this music that we are paying tribute to was recorded on analog tape. Yeah. You know, and that recording process of recording onto analog tape yes. was a totally different musical art form to recording onto a computer. Yes, yeah. Um, there's an artist uh, called the Pretty Lights. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but they are very much a modern sort of artists they do a lot of electronic music but one of the things that I think makes their album stand out quite significantly is what they did is they went around and sort of recorded various artists in different environments and in live rooms and in dead rooms and outside and inside and he'd taken all of the samples and all the vocals and all of the instruments and what he did is that he burned them all onto vinyl and then had taken them from vinyl and put them into in, into his computer and then started editing it and it definitely it brought out so much warmth and a whole different vibe to the music that we're getting today bringing in the influences of the style of how we used to make music before and um it's 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 very unique and i think that if you're somebody who likes that kind of um that feeling in it you can definitely feel it coming across in sort of this more modern context i think definitely i think it's um there is definitely something about it's the emotion of the music you mm. know so i think it's um that band playing at that moment in time and um, capturing that sound. But, you know, music and fashion can never stay the same. Yes. So it's always going to be changing as the world changes, you know. So I think the 60s and the 70s was such a unique era as in it was that moment in time that that was happening, you know. Mm. And live music was based around uh, buying an album, a vinyl album, yeah. and taking that home and putting on your record player. And that was the own, you know, that was the entertainment of the day. Yeah, was that's a whole. That that's album. the whole experience is opening experience. it up and taking the packaging off and placing it on your record player and yeah, I, I, and sure. putting and, them all and, in and your. We had the CDs, and then yeah. you know we had CDs, and I'm quite a big avid CD collector because I love CDs. But, yes. And then and now we have um, all these music streaming platforms. Mm. So I refuse to listen to a music streaming platform. But, I mean, I listen to music on YouTube if I'm, you know, um, looking for something. And I don't mind, but I'm still going to, I think yeah. it's, 
<laughs> you can't expect things to stay the same. Yes, so yeah. basically, the era that we're paying tribute to are those albums, and that's what I put in the press release, yeah. those albums where we bought in the 70s, like Cold Fact by Rodriguez, Hotel California by the Eagles, mm. uh, Bad Company's debut album, Led Zeppelin 4, uh, Pink Floyd, Another Brick in the Wall. So, yes, yes. so I'm just trying to give you an idea of the songs we're doing. Yeah. I, I love it. It's, it's, I think it's like um, it definitely brings an era of nostalgia because I think that time and that time period, obviously, there was a lot of going on in the world and a lot of people were using their music to sort of speak on topics and things that are still relevant exactly. today, I think. And um, yes. yeah, I mean, yeah. bringing that whole experience of, you know, it being, was an art form. It yes. was a real art form and it was a political tool as well in yes. the protests against Nixon and the Vietnam War mm. and you know, I'm sure, you know, there was a, there was a lot happening. It was, a, it was a really on the edge art form, whereas now I think the world has been, it's changed into more social media and yes, the yeah. and, I and find and everything, everything changes. It's everything very changes. So short it's form media world. at the moment. So, you know, a lot of people are making music now for those short form platforms. You know, a lot of songs sound very disjointed these days because they're making it so that there's like six second segments that somebody can use in a video or something and the, the song doesn't quite sound like a full story anymore it very much sounds like little viral bits that people can take from it to use on social media and things sure if you're familiar yeah, with any of that. like tiktok and yeah. uh, you know no i mean i'm i'm even like hosting a show in the barnyard it's called tiktok hits or something okay uh, I mean, I'm not putting it together, but, uh, you know, they're doing it for the teenagers or yes, something. But, yeah. you know, I'm not criticizing what's happening now, but mm. I'm just saying I'm there not going to do a, about. A, a music tribute to the 90s or something. I just have to do tribute to music that I can personally identify with. Yes, yeah. Obviously, the shows I'm producing in Barnyard, I'm producing shows for a, for a wide range of audiences and I'm... I'm not in the shows myself. Yes, yeah. So that's a, that's a different ball game. So there I have to, you know, um, but if I'm on stage myself, I'm not, I just want to do stuff that I um, feel close to. You know? Yeah, I resonate with that a lot. Just being, um, as somebody who's the host on a radio show, like I, I really want to play music that resonates with me, something that makes me feel good. And that, that feeling within me of feeling, you know, really positive and really great by that music brings in a different character or a different, you know, it, it's, I sound different when I'm happier playing the music that I enjoy listening to. So I am, um, uh, yeah. yeah. It definitely influences, you know, being able to play or, or listen to something that you really, really like and, and play it for other people and spreading that joy that you have within yourself to others <laughs> around you who also like that stuff. <laughs> yes, no, sure. And I think the magic about the show is the, the, the relationship between myself and Andy Murray. Yes. The guitarist. So Andy and I started working together. I did our first show together in 93. Okay. And Andy and I have worked together for almost uh, 30 years now. Mm. Uh, on and off and we have a bit of a chemistry between us you yeah. know um so and i think that's the magic i don't think i'd be able to do the show without andy yeah and andy can't do the show without me we somehow complement each other into becoming a chemistry on stage we have a chemistry on stage and then we have alan lloyd on drums carl hiring on on um, bass and mm -hmm. we have run on keyboards um so yeah so i think the the magic is between Andy and myself. We sing well together, we play well together, and we understand each other. Yes. So, yeah, and, and he's a he's a he's a phenomenal guitarist. Um, 
So he can play all this 70s rock guitar stuff and people just go, I mean, he gets standing ovations after every song. Oh, stunning. So he's just incredible, you know. So I'm just the front guy sort of trying to keep the show on the road. Yes. And then there's Andy, who's this phenomenal guitarist, you know. Yeah. And um, so that's the magic of the show, you know. Um, and now, when is the show? When can people, where can people buy tickets? And um, yeah. So it's not looking uh, too good at the moment because we already sold out on the Friday. Uh, oh, that's good news. The 25th, <laughs> and then we just got a few tickets left for the Saturday, the 26th. Okay, you and know, uh, where can people get tickets um, for the show if there they are some? They can just go onto the website of Drama Factory and or Drama find the Drama Factory. Factory. Okay, awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, and um, I see you've um, you've released your own music, and um, you know how important was it for you to, as somebody who does cover a lot of artists, to release something that's got your own sort of sound and, and feeling behind it. Oh, gosh. Yeah, no, I had a long uh, recording hist- uh, rec- recording career. I started in the 80s. Yeah. And I was signed up, uh, yeah, in the 80s to two different rec companies. Anyway, that all went nowhere. The recording industry was tough even then. Yes, yeah. That's tough now. But anyway, um, so I did eventually get signed up to BMG in, the, in 94. Mm. And I did record an album with... Um, the legend of Tali Makali okay. uh, from Makali's workshop. Yep. Uh, and I, rec- he was, um, he recorded an album. Uh, we did an album t- together uh, in '94. Yeah. And we re- we released that through BMG. Uh, it was called Duck the Fox, and yes. Tali was in the band, and uh, Kevin Gibson on drums, Robin Gallagher on guitar, and I was very fortunate to be at the right place at the right time. Yes. Um, and. It, I think the one song closer got to number two on the radio five charts. Okay, amazing. Um, yeah, it's a. I had to listen to it. I love. I love it. It's got definitely like. It's it's got that a bit of a South African vibe in it. You've got that sort of. I don't know. You you've got definitely the influences from. Um, your like 70s and 60s bands but i think it does definitely have like a south african feel especially in the way the guitar is being played i, I don't know it's got oh, a bit of flavor in it. <laughs> yeah but it was such a long time ago um you know obviously i was you know you evolve as a singer and as, as an artist but yeah that was when i was in that 90s zone you know yes. and that's what and i was like very fortunate to have met up with tali mccully because it wasn't for him I don't think it would have happened, but he he took me in and he recorded my songs. He was happy with my songs. It was an exciting period to go through, but, mm. you know, it's, uh, unfortunately, um, it didn't go anywhere because I was too involved with doing these tribute shows, you know, so um, it was a great thing to do. Yes. I really enjoyed that. It was really great. Awesome. And then, so I know, like, in the with, with trends and music coming back, I think the 90s had like a lot of influence in the 70s. But I find now, like, 20, 30 years later from the 90s, people are drawing back to the 70s again in a lot of modern music. Like, bands like, um, I think Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack have recently yeah. started their group Silk Sonic. And that's very, very influenced by the 70s sort of coming Bruno through. Bruno Mars, especially. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Bruno Mars is amazing. Yeah. Um, I think he's he's got like a very unique way of releasing I don't know, he, he goes through his genres of music and releases different genres of music, but without trying to sound like gimmicky or that he's trying to play off as anybody else, he's still bringing his sort of unique sound, but with all these influences that people who are a big fan of 70s music can draw from and still enjoy the music, even though that it's coming up, you know, today in a more modern style. Bruno, exactly. So yeah. 
you're, you're quite right. So the 70s is, is uh, possibly reappearing with artists like Bruno Mars and, yes. and others. Um, you know, I've just, um, you know, I'm, uh, I'm not really up to date with modern music. Yes, um, yeah, as you said, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I love Bruno Mars. I think it's, I've used a lot of his songs in the Barnyard shows. Okay, awesome. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I think, um, yeah, it's, it's uh, no, but I agree with you. I, I think people will always revert back to the 60s and 70s mm. uh, and even the 80s um, because those three decades are very unique, you know. Um, yeah, there was a lot of experimentation going on at those times that maybe wasn't picked up back then, but it's definitely something that's like picking up on ears now. And a lot of that mu music is becoming popular again, especially through this sort of social media and these short form medias. A lot of people are finding older songs and making them popular again and, and bringing them back on the charts, which is, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. And you know, there are just so many talented musicians and bands around now. I mean, there are a thousand times more, a thousand times more bands around, and not bands, but musicians. I mean, everyone's a brilliant musician today. Mm. You know, it's just that uh, the in the 70s and the 60s they were the pioneers. Yes. And so, and right up to possibly the end of the century, and then it's not that they're not a, a good musicians around now. It's just everything has changed, mm. and all forms of listening to music have changed so the musicians have to adapt to that yes know? you have to stay sort of current and i suppose they're sort of being forced into a box but i suppose the people who are consuming a lot of it are sort of forcing them into that box um and i guess I, i'm a big fan of pop music um throughout the decades i really enjoy listening to pop music and <laughs> a lot of people you know yeah. it, it is very sort of bubblegum floss whatever but it does hold specific nostalgia for each period in life and going back and listening to that i can be like oh yeah that song maybe wasn't the best song in the whole world but it does hold that like a feeling when i go back and listen to it that i can be like oh what was i doing back then or yeah yeah i think where i find pop music has really come short in, in the modern day is just the the um the lyrics mm. you know lyrically i find pop music says nothing anymore you know it's uh, yeah it's very one-dimensional uh it's saying nothing you know uh, whereas i find even pop music in the 70s you know there were you know there were hit songs that had some context of uh, uh, like a lyric that meant something you know, yes or, yeah uh, there was definitely like a motivation behind writing the song <laughs> uh, you know there was if you listen to a song like american pie mm. you know um even a song like heart of gold uh, i'm trying to uh, sort of uh, name some songs from the show yes. um, or slip sliding away by paul simon yes. you know those were all hit songs in the 70s but if you listen to the lyrics of those songs, you know, I just find the lyrics today of pop songs are just absolute junk. They just say nothing. <laughs> you know, they just, yeah. um, it's just, I mean, I don't want to, but it's just. Well, no, I, I agree. Very, uh, I agree to a certain extent. I think that a lot of modern day music now is very much based on sort of the feeling of the music rather than what the music is saying. Exactly. And I think that that definitely translates into like how society is sort of where our level is as a society. You know, we're, we're kind of very much a society that um, is, you know, we're scrolling on social media to distract ourselves. So we're not going to consume content that has a lot of feeling and meaning behind it because we're, we're very much trying to distract ourselves 
ourselves from that feeling. And so I think music has translated over to that to be like, this feels good, you know, don't think about it, just it feels nice to listen to kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just find the musical, the, the music is just, it's always, music's always been about sex, you know, but it's, just, <laughs> uh, I mean, pop music has always been about like relationships and, yeah. and and sex, you know, but it's it's now really going a bit far, you know. Yeah. But I mean, if you, I was just listening, I'm actually opening a show in Durban at the moment. Okay. And we're doing um, a few songs from Greece and that, you know. Okay, and yeah. I was actually listen to listen to the lyrics of these of Greece, you know, and it's it's all about like relationships and mm. sexual tension and you know, and it's just um, it's it's actually amazing. But I just find that pop music today is very sexually orientated. Yeah, I think um, you know, with with things becoming a little bit more relaxed and be you know, expression of you know, thought and expression of freedom, freedom of and things, yeah, that kind of thing. Um, there, we don't quite know where our limits are yet. So, you know, things have to kind of get to the extreme before they balance themselves out. So I think a lot of these artists are really pushing to see how far they can go, to see what they can really say and still get number one on the charts before it sort of levels out again and becomes a little bit more substantial, <laughs> I think. Sure. Yeah. No, it's for sure. For sure. And I mean, if you look at artists like Prince and, you know, um, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, Michael Jackson. Yes. And, you know, from the 80s and that, you know. Um, so, I mean, the sexuality has always been there from James Brown. Mm. You know? um, I mean, the Beatles saying, I, I want to hold your hand. You know? yeah. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> Very uh, different the worlds. The Rolling saying, let's spend the night together. And yeah. it was banned on, um, on television in America. It's, uh, just, you know, but I would say to sing, uh, let's spend some time together, you know, mm. instead of let's spend the night together. And that was in the 60s, you know. Yeah. So I think there's always been, you know, pop music's always been about relationships and, you know. Uh, yeah, we're just kind of pushing the limits to see how far we can go in these in these times. <laughs> yeah, but I would say that this show that we're doing, you know, if I think of the songs like Sugar Man, yes. uh, Rodriguez, yes. Hate Street uh, Blues Dialogue, um, those two songs I'm doing from Rodriguez, mm -hmm. and then we're doing Knocking on Heaven's Door from Bob Dylan. Classic. I yes. had to put in some Bob Dylan. Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, I'm a Beatles, Rolling Stones, Bob Dylan, those are my three, um, you know, and Neil Young, I, I had to put some Neil Young in. But uh, if I think of all the lyrics I'm singing, um, uh, lyrically, most of the songs are, are quite solid, but there are also some rubbish lyrics <laughs> from the 70s rock bands. Yes. You know? uh, can't Get Enough of Your Love by mm. Bad Company. I mean, there's not much there, but it's a great song. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, you can't get too picky you know on and too uh, nitpicky about lyrics but but it is great to have a pop song like Bohemian Rhapsody mm. really a pop song but it was a number one hit you know it was a great song you know but, um, uh, yeah yeah <laughs> okay well That's lovely funny. this has been such a wonderful chat thank you so much for giving That's us the time good. today yeah for sure okay. for sure awesome. and, and I would just, I'd just like to ask you yes. off the uh, off the record yes um, if Happening Radio, uh, if we could uh, consider doing a some kind of collaboration together with the barnyard in Tiger Valley, oh. um, uh, whereby we could do banners for you and give exposure on our website, whatever, whatever. That would be awesome. 
and you could give us some exposure. Yes, yeah. Uh, we could like, collaborate together because um, we've got a great venue there. Yeah. And, um, Would and love I know to that do a live a broadcast from there. Area, but uh, we could appeal to that area where you broadcast. Yes, okay, well, definitely. So I'll, um, I'll put you, do you have Linda's details, our station manager? Uh, I don't. I okay. don't. Maybe you could just WhatsApp it to me. I will do so. And uh, yeah, we can we can organize that. That sounds so exciting. Fantastic. Thank okay. you very much. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for the interview and lovely chatting and um, really like your knowledge. Thank of music. you. I appreciate that. Um, it's been wonderful yeah. chatting to you. <laughs> Actually, really, really enjoyed it. Fantastic. Thank oh, you. Thank you, Duck. <laughs> okay, Catherine. Good okay. stuff. Cheers. Have a good day. Bye. 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 Um, there you go. I mean, that was really, really nice. It was a wonderful chat. And um, I'm um, very, very, very pleased with how that went. So thanks, Duck. I hope you have an amazing day. And um, yeah, you can catch me tomorrow morning from six to nine o'clock. I uh, hope you all have a beautiful day. I'll be waking up the house with, um, with admittedly, a lot of modern music. But, um, you know, we love all music here. And um, definitely go and catch the show, the 70s um yeah, 70s show happening at the, um, drama. the Drama Factory. Yes, sorry, my mind has gone blank now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye.